Section 5 of An American Vendetta. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Vicki VM. An American Vendetta, a story of barbarism in the United States by T.C. Crawford. Chapter 3A, Part 3. Shooting from Ambush. Before Phillips made his fourth raid, J.M. Jackson, magistrate of Logan Courthouse, issued a warrant for Phillips' arrest for the murder of Vance. Warrants were placed in the hands of J.R. Thompson, constable of Logan County. He summoned a posse of seven or eight men, among whom was William Dempsey. He intended to execute the warrants only if he found the parties in West Virginia. He proceeded in the direction of the scene of trouble, and while passing down the Grapevine Creek, a tributary of Sandy River, and in crossing an open field, he and his posse were charged upon by Phillips, who lay in ambush under the river bank on the West Virginia side. After a sharp fight with Winchester rifles, in which some hundreds of shots were exchanged, the West Virginia posses of constables being overpowered, retired, leaving Dempsey on the ground, he having been wounded in the leg during the fight. Dempsey was an enemy, and in his coming out that morning was acting strictly in accordance with law. He had been legally summoned and was acting under a constable who was upon the soil of his own state. As the Phillips party came up, young Dempsey called out for a drink of water and began to beg for his life, as he saw after his first remark that the alleged representative of the governor of the state of Kentucky was more to be dreaded than the wild outlaws of the mountains. Phillips came directly towards him, and in answer to the plea of the wounded young man lying upon the ground, he picked up his Winchester and deliberately walked up placed it against his forehead, blew out his brains, and then moved off with his party back towards Kentucky. I have had the evidence of this from both sides. There is one of Phillips' party now under indictment in Logan Courthouse. His name is Bill Staten. He was under trial while I was there for complicity in Phillips' illegal acts, to put it mildly, and Staten said that he withdrew from Phillips after the murder of Dempsey. Large Rewards In this fourth raid of Phillips, when Dempsey was killed, he captured Wall Hatfield, Mayhow, Dal McCoy, and Andrew Varney. Since that time, there has fully as large a reward been placed upon Phillips' head by the West Virginia authorities as has been placed by the Kentucky authorities upon the leader of the Hatfields. There has been a great deal of friction between the two governors. There has been so much irritation upon the part of West Virginia people on account of the invasion of the state that it has much complicated matters. Upon the West Virginia side, it is said that the governor has never yet refused requisitions when proper conditions were promised. For instance, the governor holds that he could not turn over any of the Hatfields or any of the people desired by the Kentucky authorities to such a man as Phillips or to any of the Pike County authorities.
On account of the tremendous local prejudice and the utter lack of any enforcement of law in the neighborhood where the presence of these West Virginia outlaws is desired to be obtained. On the watch for detectives. Phillips is at present encamped with 30 or 40 of his followers in the neighborhood of Peters Creek. They are living in much the same position of suspicion and trepidation as the Hatfields, and he knows that large rewards are out for himself and his associates, and they are ready to kill on sight any detectives who are going about this country trying to earn some of the sums offered by the two governors. The last report from Catlettsburg was that the breaking out of the feud owed its foundation to the fact that Kentucky Bill or Wild Bill, as he calls himself, a western frontiersman who has come into this neighborhood to act as a detective for the West Virginia side. He has sworn that he will capture Phillips. He crossed over to the Kentucky side and during his visits there has captured from two to three people who have not been charged with being associates of Phillips. Upon two separate occasions, Wild Bill has been shot at by the Peters Creek crowd and upon the first occasion, some 150 shots were fired at him. It is one of the remarkable things in connection with the history of these people, who shoot so much and who shoot so well at marks in ordinary practice that when they come to shoot at people, they shoot so wide of the mark. Hiding two days in a log. Wild Bill, a few weeks ago, was chased by the Peters Creek crowd and pushed so closely that he had to use a bit of dime-novel strategy to get away from them. Seeing a hollow log on the way, he threw off his cap and coat, and running down some distance beyond the log, he dropped the coat, and then running a further distance, he dropped the hat. Then he came back to the log and crawled into it. His pursuers soon came up and sat upon the log and discussed what they would do with him if they should find him. He had to remain in that log two days before he could succeed in making his escape. He was shot at last in the heel. This is the story of the last outbreak. It cannot be called an outbreak. It was merely an attack on detectives. And this is really what all the shooting along the border now amounts to. It is not safe for any stranger to go into this neighborhood unless he is accompanied by someone locally known. Every stranger is sure to be regarded as a detective, and of course with unpleasant results. Both sides at present are very weary of the quarrel, and if it were possible for it to be settled, I am sure that the McCoys and the Hatfields would agree upon a truce. But there would be no guarantee of its continuing. The impossibility of attempting to settle any of the disputes on a law-and-order basis was well illustrated in an incident in the feud which, not rising to the dignity of a crime, was not included in the earlier part of this narrative. A Sample of Local Justice Bob Hatfield encountered Bud McCoy near the border. McCoy was in ambush and shot at Hatfield. The ball entered his coat passed along the line of his breast, but it did not touch him, or rather scamp him, as they say. He turned and faced his enemy and brought him out. Bob Hatfield is one of the peaceable boys, so he said to this Bud McCoy, who is the bully of the McCoy faction, What did you go to kill me for? What have I done to you? 
and he then and there remarked that he would take the law upon him. This, it must be remembered, was in the early history of the feud. He proceeded to the prosecuting attorney of Pike County and laid his case before him and was gravely informed by that high dignitary that no man could make him darken the doors of Pike County Jail with any man or any set of men for the mere killing of one or all of the Hatfield gang. It is not to be wondered when the Hatfields and possibly the McCoys in their time have met with such replies from local magistrates that they have felt like taking the law in their own hands and executing the ancient policy of retaliation. End of section 5. Recording by Vicki V.M.